See the world from a totally different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation, intriguing stories, and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. What if you took the time to really soak it Welcome, welcome to Talk with Francesca. That's talkwithfrancesca.com. You're listening to AM 1510, Yahoo Sports Radio Boston, and the legends WNBP in Newburyport. For more information or to chime in on this conversation, send me an email at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. I love, love, love to hear from you as always. All right, do you think you have to win the lottery or work until you're 75 to retire with financial stability? My first guest, Wes Moss has some very good news for you. He's going to share with us the secrets for ensuring a successful retirement sooner than later. Welcome, Wes. Thanks for joining us today here on Talk with Francesca. Thanks for having me. So, Wes, you did an intensive study of happy retirees. What did you discover? Well, I, I've always wondered about this question. I think a lot of, of Americans have, Francesca. And that, that's the question, does money buy happiness? So at what point, how much money really do you need in America to have safety and security and comfort and cushion so that you can be in a position, and this is the key word here, position to retire. And uh, no other study is really, actually really, no other study on a comprehensive basis has, has really answered this question. So there was a Princeton study uh, several years ago that said that you needed to get, Americans needed to get to about $75,000 in income in order to have what they deemed, quote unquote, happiness. And then after that point, the, the, hap, the new happiness didn't necessarily happen just because you made more money. So I was really, in, really intrigued by that whole concept. Does my money buy happiness for how much? Mm-hmm. And that's when I set out and I did a national survey, 1,350 people, 46 different states, and asked three dozen financial, consumer, behavior, life-type questions. And got the ha- then I also asked hap- a couple different happiness questions. So I was able to take all the data mm-hmm. and separate it between the, the – happiest two quintiles and the least happy two quintiles and compare the groups. And there are really significant differences between the financial achievements, or I call these financial bare minimums, Mm -hmm. that will land you either in the happy group or unhappy group. Let's so it, it. It, Let's it, find it, out. it money definitely buys happiness, but but to a, only to a point, and for a lot less than people. I think a lot of people would think. You know, I don't know when you say money buy happiness. I you know I think of you know a real sense of fulfillment. So I don't know that money, it's in and of itself can buy happiness. Money can help us to feel more secure, can feel more in control. You know those kinds of things. But an actual to feel happy, I don't know. I I, don't, I, I that's a tough one. It is a tough one, and, and the book isn't, uh, isn't 100% about a financial achievement level. So it's not as if you have to have X amount of money and have X amount of income and have your mortgage paid off. There are also a lot of intangibles that are really important, like the number of core pursuits, effectively how busy you are and how many really, really passionate hobbies you have. Mm-hmm. But the way that money plays into that, and I think a lot of the audience would agree with this, is that you've got to have your financial bases covered in order to be able to do these life pursuits. Well, One of which exactly. Happens- I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm a painter, you know, in, and so if I didn't have money to buy my canvas or my paints, then I wouldn't be able to to enjoy. But so, so let's talk about this study and and find out a little bit more about your happy retirees. 
Well, okay, so a couple of thoughts. N- number one, the uh, let's start with some financial bare minimums that I think are really, really important here. So financial bare minimums, once you get to retirement, so my data set uh, in this big survey was uh, effectively people that are f- within 10 years of retirement okay. or in retirement. Uh, and that's that's where the data came from. Okay, so uh, we're talking what, between 60 and 70? Well, we're talking 55. Okay. 55 and up okay. is where the data is coming from. So okay. I look at this, and I, when I'm talking to a 30-year-old or 40 or 50-year-old, even 20s, and I don't think anybody in their 20s really thinks about retirement, oh, God. But, but let's just say that what effectively I want to have happen from this book is to have those younger groups say, oh, well, I can emulate these happy, successful retirees. If I do the financial steps that they did to get there, then I'll be in, in a position, A, to be able to be in a position to retire when I want to, meaning I can stop the job I might not love for a lot of Americans. Um, in fact, 20% of Americans have a job that they hate so much, they're literally trying to bring their, their company down. I don't know if it's a, that's a study from a Gartner group. Uh, wow. Oh, but, I love my job, so. <laughs> radio, me, right, radio is very fun. Oh, right? it's a blast. Radio's well, fun. you're in radio as well, aren't you? Yeah. So radio is fun, but, but unless you're Rush Limbaugh or, or Sean Hannity, it's, yeah. it's tough to make a living in radio. <laughs> so it's one of my core pursuits. I don't necessarily make a, a, a huge living, but it certainly is, is fun, and, and, and it's one of my core pursuits in the world. But let's go back to some of this data. Yes. So what, it, what are some of these financial levels that we need to achieve? So if I'm 45 and I want to be financially have a cushion, what do I need to get to by the time I'm 55 or 60 or 62, whenever I might be able to pull the trigger uh, and, and quote-unquote retire? Well, first, um, they're, they're, let's look at the unhappy group. What do the unhappy groups save liquid, liquid net worth for retirement? The answer here is about $440,000. Wait a minute, I'm losing you here. So you're saying someone who has $440,000 at the time of retirement is going to be unhappy? That's, that lands them, in my survey, that lands them in the unhappy group. Yes. So what do you need? So, so well, I'll give you two answers. One, here's what that, the top two quintiles, the happy group, this is the the, the average liquid savings. So how, how, do you, how am I going to supplement my retirement? Effectively, how do I supplement Social Security? The answer here is 875000 So So in order to be happy when you retire, you need a minimum of 875000 Well, no, because here's my, here's my caveat to those two numbers. The, there's a real tipping point. And again, this goes back to that whole concept of money buys happiness, but it, at a certain point it levels off. So... And think of it, this is the best way I can describe the leveling. If you make, and this is an extreme case, if you make $1 million a year, mm-hmm. are you going to have more comfort, security, and happiness if you make $2 million a year? The answer is not really. It doesn't matter. Um, now, that's a really extreme case here. But once you get to a point where you're paying for the things you want to pay, the next dollar doesn't necessarily buy much more happiness. But to go from earning $40,000 a year in America to $80,000 a year, there's a real increase in cushion, mm-hmm. lifestyle, and happiness to get there. And then that's when it starts to level off. The same, ha- the same thing happens with liquid net worth. So I also looked at the data from a, a median perspective, not just averages, but a median, which is, I think, more representative 
for this question. Mm-hmm. And the median number to get to pretty much also call this just the tipping point. Where do we kind of need to shoot for? Mm-hmm. The median number to get into the happier part of the, the data set is, is 500,000. Um, and, and that I, and if you go through financial planning 101, you'll know that $500,000 effectively, what does that really mean from an income perspective when you're in retirement? And it means about $2,000 a month for the rest of your life once you've stopped working. So that's because, not a lot. Well, but that's, that is in addition to, it's in addition, in addition to Social Security, which I know Assuming that... Assuming that you get it. Well, that's but see that but but we do. I mean, that's if you're 50 years and older, and you're listening, you're going to get Social Security, and you're not going to have your balances really impacted all that much. Mm-hmm. So, let's say the average family I work with has, and again, I don't have multi multi millionaire clients as an advisor. I have a lot of millionaire next door type people, uh, meaning that they don't have millions or billions of dollars. They have several hundred thousand. They might have a million, maybe two million, but. My point here of getting to 500000 is mo- everyone in America, or almost everyone in America, is going to get a, a, what is a really a relatively – if you've worked, you're going to get a Social Security payment. The average Social Security payment per person in America is about $1,100. If you've wor- so 1100 times 2, if you're married, let's say you're going to have 2200 then you save another 500000 and now you're at 4200 a month. And that's, that, let's say you might have a pension. Maybe your pension's 1000 bucks a month. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it adds up. Now you're at 5200 a month. So depending on where you live in this nation, five or $6,000 a month, provided another one really important step in my book and part of my survey data, provided you've planned to not have a mortgage Oh, so you're saying you have to, in order to be able to live off of the, say, 500000 that you've saved in the Social Security, you cannot have a mortgage. You have to be pretty darn close, Francesca, yep. To, yep. Be, to get rid of the mortgage. Absolutely. I would think so. I would think Absolutely. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're talking, so you've got to pay off your mortgage before you retire. That's ideal. You've got to have 500000 That's That's not ideal. I would say a million is more like it, right? Sure, right. In my in my happiness, we're, we're talking about close to nine hundred was my average was the av- the mean for the happy group. Yep. So so that gets you a pretty long way. Now a million. Now we're talking about if you're just using a rule of thumb of five percent a year, you're you are talking about fifty thousand dollars in income. Social Security's twenty to thirty thousand in income. Put that together, you're at seventy or eighty thousand dollars a year. And if you've planned to get to eliminate your mortgage, that is. That is really doable. And, and again, I know that if and this is you're in Boston, and if you ask somebody about this in Manhattan, yeah, or they would Singapore, say you're nuts. <laughs> you might laugh at me if you're right. in San Francisco. You say, oh, well, there's no way. In a, most of the country that has a reasonable cost of living, and I and I would say Atlanta is a very metropolitan city. Mm-hmm. We have almost six million people down here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really representative of the country. Yep. That that's a vi- <clears throat> you go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, it might take a lot less to live. Right. Go go to where you are, it might be more to live, but let's say for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You really can go a long way with 8 or 900,000 in savings, a paid off mortgage, um, social security and maybe a small pension. And and you effectively have at that point now have enough to do all the core pursuits, all that you want for the rest of your life 
retiring at a relatively early age. Let me let me just interject here for just a second, Wes. So let's say that you have, uh, you know, this money, but uh, I say maybe fifty percent of it is in an annuity, and then that's a different story, right? Well, not necessarily, because an annuity, and again, I'm not an enormous fan of annuities. However, How did I know that? <laughs> however, however, uh, if an annuity itself is now generating, let's say you have an annuity that generates $1,000 a month, yep. then that, uh, that effectively takes care of $250,000 that you need in savings. I have a rule called the 1000 bucks a month rule. Effectively, and this is, again, another really easy financial planning rule to remember, for every $240,000 you have saved, Mm -hmm. that equals at 5% a year, Mm -hmm. uh, that's $12,000 a year, or divided by 12 months, it's 1,000 bucks a month. So 240,000 equals 1,000 bucks a month for the rest of your life. So if you have an annuity that is giving you 1,000 for life, or 1,500 bucks for life, that, that effectively takes a big chunk of what you would have to get to in, in liquid savings. This is fascinating. It's really interesting. And um, it, it's also scary, though, because when you think about it, I mean, eight dollars $900,000 is a lot of money to it's save. A, it's a ton of money. And, and then what about the market when it goes down and those kinds of things? You know? Well, yeah, right. Yeah. So there's, there's so much to all of this. The, the other thought here, Francesca, that's so important is that I think if you're, let's say you're 40 and you're listening to me and, and, and you talk about this and you've, you're, you just got out of debt, so you just had student loans paid off and yep. you're starting from scratch, yep. you're probably thinking to yourself, my God, this guy's crazy. How are we, am I going to get to that? And the, the answer is one, it is doable, but, but it is not, it's not an easy thing to do for most Americans. 75% of America, age 61 and two, right as you're heading into a retirement eligible type age, has, has less than 30 grand. Saved. So, so what happens to this group? They become the unhappy people. Well, two things. One, they, they effectively rely on Social Security, oh. which, again, is not a lot. It's enough, not to be, it's enough to not be out on the street to some extent, but it's not a – I don't think anybody would argue that Social Security, Social Security payment alone is going to be a, a big, great quality of life. It's just not a lot of money. Um, the, so, so the answer here is that it, you don't have to be a one-percenter to be able to save that kind of money. Mm-hmm. You have to just be, have a, a, a good living and be diligent and save for 20 to 30 to 40 years. And, and again, that's not easy to do. It's not, I'm not saying it is easy to do, but I'm just telling, I'm, I'm, I'm very adamant that that's what it takes mm-hmm. to have, to be in, let's say, the 25% of America that it really does start to have a cushion and is able to be in a position to retire. So it, it, there's a lot to this, and, and if retirement planning were that easy, right. you and I probably wouldn't be talking on the show. I wouldn't have a financial advisory firm. I wouldn't written the book. It's, it's, there's a lot to it, but it's really, really critical to just have, get the fundamental laws down, get them right, and that's huge. It's a huge part of what I talk about in the book. In fact, I even have on my website a, hap, a money happiness quiz. It's a 10-question money happiness quiz it'll show you some of the weak point where you're where you're doing well or where you're um falling behind as far as your planning financially and can someone do this without you or without a financial planner just go on your website oh absolutely oh, yeah. okay. okay absolutely they don't need me at all so oh, okay. Okay. on on west dot com. there's a Money happiness quiz, all you do, you go and take a 10-question quiz, and they'll show you a lot of the things we're talking about today. Hey, how, how am I doing relative to the rest of people in America or the happy group? Mm-hmm. How close am I to, to being on target here? 
So let's, Wes, just shift gears a bit and, and talk about um, <clears throat> what would make retirees unhappy, uh, other than obviously if they don't have enough money to live. Um, or maybe or we should go back to what, what makes them happy in addition to, um, you know, having enough money. Well, I like the unhappy part. Let's, okay, if you we'll look go, at we'll it, let's think unhappy for a second. We'll uh, think, okay. uh, unhappy retirees take, on average, uh, about one, well, I'm not about, one point, exactly 1.4 vacations per year. That's, that's what the average unhappy retiree takes. 1.4? So they take a... One yeah, vacation. vacation to one to one vacation and a half a year. So basically, they take less than two vacations a year. Exactly, um, the happy group takes two and a half. Uh huh. So and the happy group spends about thirty three percent more on the vacations they take. Now, does the, does the vacation buy happiness? I don't know. Maybe yes, maybe no. Do more vacations buy more happiness? Again, I, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying here is that the, the data shows me that. If you're a happy retiree, you're taking more vacations. Well, obviously, you have more financial resources to be able to do that. Right. And then, again, within that context, there's more freedom and there's more time and there's more ability to go do these things and travel. Mm-hmm. And that all plays back to, is it really happiness? Well, I think part of it is. But it's also it's that financial freedom right. that really we're all looking for. That's, that's right. all we all. That's all of us. That's all we want in America. Nobody needs to be Mark Cuban right. to be happy. You don't need to be a billionaire, right. but you don't want to. You also don't want to rely on one income source, uh, which again is is usually just Social Security. And, and that's another question I asked in the in the uh, survey. How many income sources do you have? Yeah, I was, I was, um, I was um, going through your book a bit last night. I thought, isn't that interesting? You know, um, that you, if you have several income sources, that you're going to be ahead of the game, and that way, if you lose out of one, then you've got the other. That that was very interesting. And again, surprising to me. And a lot of this data, most of it is intuitive, meaning that, oh, okay, I, I understand. I'd be happier. Uh, my mortgage data. It's a super. It's this great correlation. The, the fewer years you have left. <laughs> To pay on the mortgage, that the higher likelihood you end up in the happy camp. And then I have data in the book about that, and then I have some suggest- several suggestions on how to pay down your mortgage at least a decade early. I'd like to, I'd like to help people get their, rid of their mortgage in five, as little as five years. Mm-hmm. Again, a lot of that is fundamental blocking and tackling, throwing, again, making extra payments, making larger lump sum payments. I mean, so there's some rules that, you, that most people have to abide by to do that. But if you can do that over the course of five, seven, eight, ten years, then it is really doable to, to pay down your mortgage early. And and my my other thought here is that the more diversific we always have a diversification in the stock market, and then again that's a huge part of what I do for a living as an investor. I'm the chief strategist, investment strategist for our firm here in Atlanta, and but and we always talk about diversification. But there's a real importance on diversification of how you get your income in retirement. So that's another really key. That's another key thing to work on for if you're trying to end up in that happy, successful group. How did you get involved in this? Did you grow up? Um, I, was, I think when people are very focused on money, that it's based on, not necessarily based on, but that oftentimes it's because they didn't grow up with any, or, you know, and they really worked much harder than so many others might, and it's more important to them. You know, that, that is a good question. I, uh, and the answer is, 
I didn't grow up in an impoverished life at all, but I, it, I certainly was very, let's just call that a middle class in America. My dad's a veterinarian. And ah. Most of his clients were a bunch of Amish people. We lived, we lived uh, and he still lives, he's in Coatesville, Pennsylvania, really close to Lancaster County, and, and a lot of his, his clients are Amish dairy farmers. Again, this is not a group that has a lot of money. And um, so I, I grew up for many years until I was probably 12 or 13, spending a lot of time with the Amish. And they've got a serious work ethic, and they're, mm-hmm. they're seriously frugal. And I think that I looked at that, and I looked at, and I just remember thinking to myself, you know, I don't want to live in America, and never have a television, or and I don't want to live in America, and never be able to drive a car. And I, so I think from a really early age, Francesca, I did think, you know, I think that there, in my opinion, I thought, well, how do you make a really good living, and how do you have enough money to afford the things you want to afford? I'm not a I'm not one of those ultra-frugality advocates that scolds people for buying lattes. That's, I don't approach financial planning that way. Oh, well, I, I think they're too much money. But uh, my producer's saying we have to wrap things up, but it's, time went way too fast. But I do want to just ask you real quickly before we hang up. You even mentioned cars, that happy people versus unhappy or unhappy retirees versus happy retirees drive. What Can you real quickly tell us? I'll give you, I'll give, let's say, out the, the unhappy group what they drive. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, hopefully I don't offend some of your listeners off the road. <laughs> the, uh, the unhappy group, uh, number one luxury car you know, on my survey for the unhappy group is a, is a BMW. And more, even more importantly, it barely shows up on the list for the happy group. So not only do the... the All right, not so Beamers do, are out. <laughs> beamers are out. Can't okay. drive one if you want to be a happy retiree, period. <laughs> so what do you get, a hybrid? <laughs> I I don't know. I'll leave that for readers to read. (laughs) All right. Wes Moss, author of You Can Retire Sooner Than You Think. Thanks so much for joining us today on Talk with Francesca. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Francesca. All right. Up next. So what's up with menopause? It can be a roller coaster at least and a tusami at worst for many women. But it doesn't have to be. Ladies, it's time to take back our lives. Be right back. (laughs) 